0: Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. for 20% off. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com.
1: This episode is
0: brought to you by Visit Williamsburg.
2: In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too
1: much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker,
2: you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself... What is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
1: Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company. Here you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. What is crack-a-lackin', folks? Welcome to episode 114 of the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast. I am your host, John Hutsmith and welcome to the show. We have a fantastic one today. We're kind of switching gears. We're switching to a topic that we have not covered this year, but it's about that time. We are going to be talking turkeys and turkey hunting today. Uh, basically, what happened was Monday, we had this random warm front. It was like 82 or something on Monday. And it just kind of hit me. It's like, man, like turkey season's almost here. We're almost into March. Um, And so, you know, one thing that I like to do with this podcast is obviously I like to share my experiences, you know, what's going on, but I really like to try to prepare you guys for what is ahead also. And so, even though it might seem a little early, we're going to talk some turkey hunting today. That's the plan. Uh, We got Paul Campbell coming on. We got some things to cover before we get there, but uh, yeah, that's the plan for today. It's springtime, it's almost turkey season, and so we're going to talk turkeys. But like I said, before we get there, got a few things to cover. This last weekend, made it out to the ranch, and I got a lot of dozing done. Not quite as much as I was hoping for. Uh, I ended up having to help my mom keep my brother's kids. Wasn't really planning on that, but uh, but it worked out. And so I got the entire uh, fire line, fire break, whatever you want to call it, dozed. Um, I think I ended up with 38 acres. I think last week I might have actually accidentally said 48 at one point and like 30 in another. I don't know, but 38 is the official number. Um, I could have done a little bit more. There was kind of a grassy area. I thought about burning, but man, I think that I think that canyon is just gonna. It like I, even though I just made this amazing fire line and I've been thinking about it for like two years, I'm still so nervous. Just the terrain is what gets me, and uh, I, I know I've talked about it on here before. I was actually a wildland firefighter back in Idaho when I was in college. And I think instead of making me more confident, that made me more afraid because I just, like, I know what can go wrong and I know how easily things can get out of hand. And so instead of that uh, making me feel better about myself, I think it makes me feel worse. And so, but yeah, uh, you know, the dozer, it's got like a, I don't know, seven-ish foot blade on it. And so basically made a full seven-foot wide path all the way around this area. Um, but, you know, there's some some steep draws. There's some wet spots. There's some dry spots. There's a, like a creek bed that had a bunch of dry leaves, which is really scary. Um, and so I think when it comes time to burn, which I don't have that uh, exact date yet, uh, you know, obviously I'm going to have the dozer back there. I'm going to have some extra hands, some people, and I think I'm going to take my leaf blower, uh, just, you know, anything like that. Like, you know, I can use it to, if there's a bunch of leaves, you can use it to clear that. Or if the fire's getting out of hand, you can use that to fight the fire. You can have some shovels, all that type of, type of stuff. So, But it's very exciting. Um, like I said, I mean, gosh, I don't even know how long we've owned this property now. Like six or seven years? Um, and I've i I've dreamed of burning this area basically since we bought it. Like, I know it's needed it. Um, and I, honestly, I probably waited a little bit too long. But I just I just know it's going to be so good and so helpful if we can get it burned. It's just nerve wracking to do it. So, so anyway, got that done over the weekend. Uh, also got uh, a few coons trapped. I I, had, I bought four traps, set them all around the same feeder that still had some corn in it, going off. And uh, I went three for four. Was feeling pretty good about myself. Uh, I, I think I put it on my story that I you know went three for four. And then I had a few people message me saying like one guy had caught ninety, uh, a couple people had caught like fifty plus um one guy was going like from the start of last turkey season i think he was at 250 his goals to get 300 um a lot of those other people i think that was all since uh you know deer season ended but anyway i went from like feeling on top of a mountain to like in a cave so i definitely need to get at it uh keep setting those traps i'm going to this weekend and uh one other thing about this upcoming weekend something exciting had it planned for a few weeks uh, a good buddy of mine. He has not been on the podcast, but we're probably going to do an episode. Uh, y'all have heard me talking about him a lot. My buddy Randy, the guy who has the least in in West Texas that I deer hunt on a lot, he's coming out to the ranch, and we are going to get after some yotes. So uh, coyotes. Randy's a huge coyote hunter. He used to do tournaments and stuff back in the day. Um, doesn't do you know, as much of the tournament. He did do a big tournament a few weeks ago, uh, but he just kind of does it more for fun just doesn't have the time anymore that he used to but anyway he's going to bring up his calls and all his good stuff and we're going to just lay the hammer on some coyotes this weekend so it's kind of a dual purpose thing uh obviously it helps with the the deer and everything and they're just overrun but also we kind of purposely time it out to where we do it right before calving season so that you know when uh, out there on the ranch when all the mamas are having their babies Uh, You know, the coyotes can be very pesky, and my brother actually thinks he lost a few calves to coyotes last year. Um, So yeah, we kind of purposely time it out for this time of year, right before the calves start dropping. So that's what I have going on this weekend. So, trying to think of any other updates. Uh, I keep talking about the Backwoods Show. I'm going to be there. That'll be, I think, yeah, that'll be this Saturday, as y'all are listening to this So, planning to be up there all day long. Uh, Like I said, keep saying, you know, if you see me, say hi, introduce yourself. I love talking to you guys, meeting you guys. I love checking out all the booths. Um, last year, they had some cool speakers. Jeff Danker spoke. I know I, I listened to him. They had some uh, like fishing exhibits where they you know had professional crappie fishermen and stuff come in and talk about casting and, and where to find the fish. So it's just a grand old time. Uh, if you're around Oklahoma City this weekend, I believe it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, again, I'll be there pretty much all day on Saturday, I think. So that's my plan Hope you guys can make it out. Um, Other than that, I think that's going to pretty much do it for this intro. As I mentioned before, today we're going to be talking turkeys. We have an awesome guest on. We have my Sportsman's Empire brother, Mr. Paul Campbell. And Paul is from Ohio. He is part of the O2 podcast and also has just recently started the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast. all All available on the Sportsman's Empire and Paul is a really cool dude. I actually didn't realize till after we were done talking, he actually works for the National Wild Turkey Federation. Uh, that's probably some information I should have had beforehand. But, uh, you know, still a great episode. Um, yeah, Paul's a super cool guy. You can just, I mean, you can tell in his voice the excitement he has for wild turkeys and turkey hunting. So it's really cool. Um, this one, I don't know. It just seemed different than other turkey episodes that I've done in the past um, just again you can tell that Paul's super passionate about it also just very knowledgeable and uh, you know it's not uh, it's not like black and white type stuff it's like real knowledge you know stuff that he's gained from over the years uh, he talks about how he really started hunting a little bit later in life compared to most people but turkey's kind of is kind of where he got started and it's just it's just consumed him ever since. And so we talk about all kinds of things. We talk about calling. We talk about uh, locator calls. We talk about, you know, just start to finish, you know, from when you leave your truck to to where you should start. Um, you know, we talk about walking up on birds, how close you should get, what happens if you spook a bird. We just covered the whole gamut. And like I said, Really, really good conversation with a really, really good guy. So that's what we have for this week. I hope you guys are excited about it. I hope you guys are getting ready for turkey season and spring in general because it is right around the corner. It was 88 degrees this week, uh, so when you know it's when it's getting that warm, spring's not far behind. So, all right, that's going to do it for this intro. I've rambled enough. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We're going to get into the episode after a quick word from our partners right this second. With spring right around the corner, it's about time to switch out that bow or rifle for a bait cast or spinning reel. That's right, the spawn will be here before you know it, so you better head over to Private Water Fishing and sign up for your membership. At the very least, head to privatewaterfishing.com and check out some of the amazing lakes they have to offer. These are large, well-managed lakes all over Oklahoma and Texas that you can have all to yourself just by signing up for a membership. So don't wait, get signed up today and start fishing. This year, more than any other, trail cameras played a huge role in me bagging two great Oklahoma bucks. And with all those trail cam photos pouring in, I looked to Deer Lab to help keep everything organized and up to date. Not only is Deer Lab a great way to organize all those photos, but it can help you track specific deer and learn their habits using factors like wind, weather, time of day, moon phase, And, of course, location. It's your one-stop shop for everything trail camera related. So check them out at DeerLab.com and don't forget to use code OklahomaOutdoors for 20% off your membership. With the stock market and just about any other type of financial institution struggling right now, there is one old go-to investment that rarely lets you down, and that's land. The old saying they're not making any more of it sure rings true and now maybe more than ever. If you're looking for someone to help you navigate the world of real estate, look no further than Oklahoma-based Arrowhead Land Company. Their knowledgeable team of outdoors men and women can help you navigate this crazy market and help you buy or sell your property with confidence. Whether you are a fourth-generation Okie or an out of stater looking to find a new place to settle down, Arrowhead Land Company can help. There is truly no place like the great outdoors in Oklahoma. When you're out in the wild, you want your wireless devices to work. Unlike other carriers, Bravado Wireless believes that coverage in rural areas is important so that you stay connected. With competitively priced plans and coverage where you need it, the mission of Bravado Wireless is to keep you connected no matter where you are. Visit bravadowireless.com or check them out at one of their retail locations. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. Hey everybody, welcome to today's show and today we have my sportsman's empire brother, Mr. Paul Campbell. How you doing, Paul?
2: Good, John. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, man. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, we were talking before I hit record that uh, we were on one of the uh, uh, deer camp episodes together and you just yeah. kept going off about turkeys and didn't want to talk about deer. And uh, ever since then, I kind of made a mental note. I was like, man, this spring, we got to have Paul on. So here we are. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's my favorite time of year. It's my favorite thing to talk about: wild turkey hunting, turkey hunters, turkey conservation, all of that. So, you know I, that that particular episode that you're talking about, I told Josh as soon as it started, like, "Listen, man, I'm going to hijack this. If you guys want to talk turkeys, <laughs> you let me know." And uh-huh. uh, and and everyone seemed to be okay with it at the time. So, my yeah. my poor co-host of the O2 podcast, Andrew Munts, has to roll his eyes. And he'll, he just laughs because I'll, I'll inject it, you know, someone will, you know, during an interview or even not an interview, they'll mm-hmm. say something completely unrelated to turkey hunting and, and I'll, uh, I'll zip it around, uh, and just mm-hmm. bring it back to turkey hunting. And he's just like, Oh God, here we go. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all good. Man.
1: Well, yeah, well, I probably like a lot of, uh, you know, hunters out there, hardcore deer hunter when the spring rolls around, it's like, all right, you know, maybe I'll do a little turkey hunting, but honestly last year that changed for me a little bit. So last year I did like two turkey hunting episodes and then went out and I went out to a buddy's place in West Texas, hunted some Rio's. And I had one of those mornings in the turkey woods that you dream about, you know, just the dream situation. And I'm not going to lie. It got me like this year. I'm actually looking forward to turkey season and doing a little prep. Uh, I almost bought a turkey vest the other day, which you know would have been a huge step. Uh, So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, but you know, I'm looking to get more into it and that's, you know, part of the reason I want to have you on here. Cause, uh, you just, you have way more knowledge than I do. And, uh, I pulled up a few or wrote down a few little, uh, stats here. I was going to share with you, just kind of let you know, you know, where I'm at. Sure. And, uh, so yeah, so I, I believe in my life, I have called in and killed by myself three turkeys. One of okay. those was last year. Um, most of the Turkey I've killed more than three turkeys, most of the turkey hunting I've done in the past was basically just deer hunting for turkeys. You know, I was fortunate enough to have some private land. Uh, At one time I lived on one of our pieces of land and like every single morning I'd see these three or four gobblers on a hill. So I basically just went and sat there and killed one, stuff like that. Um, uh, We also talked about like, I don't know what it is. I guess it's just the shape of my mouth. I've never been able to use a mouth call, whether it's turkey, elk, whatever. I actually, one day I was in Cabela's like a long time ago and there was I don't I don't know who it was, but he was like a, a world champion turkey caller there, kind of doing demonstrations. And I actually went up and like had him give me a quick little, you know, he's like, you know, move your tongue like this. Could not get it, could not make a sound. And so he he was the one. He's like, you know, some people just can't do it. So I think that's me. So anyway, uh, I I still to this day use a box call that a high school buddy of mine inherited from his grandpa. Uh, I don't think it's super nice, um, but it, it's worked. You know, I've called in several turkeys with it never really seen a need to buy a new one. Cause it's worked for me. So anyway, so that's that. And then I listened to your episode uh, that came out this last week and y'all are talking about, you know, locator calls, crow calls, owl hoots and stuff like that. And I've, I've always heard of that. Like, I know what it is. I know why you do it, but like, I've never done that. You know, I've normally been a show up a few minutes late set up because I've seen some turkeys there. Uh, I've been for like, normally the places I'm hunting on, have good Turkey numbers. It's private land. Uh, and so, yeah, so that that's basically where I'm coming from as a Turkey hunter. Uh, so black like, so this last year, the, the cool hunt that I had, uh, I was going out to my buddy's place in West Texas. Uh, when he found out I was coming, he had some people out like clients. He, it's like a corporate lease type thing. And so I kind of got them set up and then I got to go do my own thing. So I was a little bit late uh, as I was just walking down this little road. I heard a gobbler gobble off the roost. I could tell he was roosted. Worked my way in, set up my decoy, and you know, called with him for probably five minutes, heard him fly down, called another 10, 15 minutes, watched him strut and everything. He worked his way through the mesquites and ended up shooting him about 40 yards. And so after that, I was like, you know what? I can do this. That was awesome. You know, having the full interaction, it, it just made my day. So so that's where I'm at. That's the whole I don't know, I just went on for like five minutes about that. So so that's what that's where you come in. So I need you to it's- tell me how can I do that again?
2: So it's it's easy to do to go on and on about wild turkey. So I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that you did that. I'm not going to stop you. I'm happy that you had a good experience with turkey hunting. A lot of deer hunters they don't have a respect any respect for the pursuit of of turkey hunting. They don't have any respect for the animal, uh, you know, because it doesn't have horns or antlers on its head. Uh, so when I hear a dedicated deer hunter say that they had a great time. Turkey hunting and they're looking forward to doing it again. It warms my heart. So, uh, you know, good, good for you, man. I'm, 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 I hope it, I hope it latches on to you. I know it'll never replace, you know, chasing those, the, the Kings of fall, whatever you want to call them. But, uh, man, it's, it really is. It's a ton of fun. It's a, it's a good, it's a good form of hunting to bring, uh, children into. It's a good form of hunting to bring people that have never hunted, uh, into the pursuit of hunting because it's interactive. You know, you don't have to worry about the, you know, hunting the wind. You don't have to worry about, you know, hunting massive cold fronts and you know, the weather. For the most part, can be a little, you know, a little crazy, especially you know, I guess depending on where you're at in the country. But, you know, it's 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 a great thing to do, uh, in in the springtime. And you know, if you want to challenge yourself, so there, there's there's an author His name is Colonel Tom Kelly. He is a um, kind of the the poet laureate of of uh, turkey hunting literature. And 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 he's he's in his 90s. He's been turkey hunting for 75, 80 seasons, something like that. And so I don't, I don't want to take anything away from you, but he has this hatred for, for Rio grand turkeys because he, he, he kind of <laughs> thinks that they're like the laziest, dumbest, you know, will gobble like if a, you know, a, a car backfires, you know? And, and uh, so it's, it's, I'm glad that you had that experience. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah. you know, I mean, I think for me, one of the things that keeps me coming back with Turkey hunting is that um, it's not always easy. You know, some, some seasons are more difficult. You got some population declines, you've got more people getting into the space. So there's, you know, into the pursuit. So there's more, there's more pressure on the birds. Uh, and and so it just adds different dynamics. And that's, what's fun for me is that, you know, I, I've said this a hundred times. I feel like a, a wild Turkey can exercise free will more so than any other animal that's out there. You know, deer, elk, they might be a little more rigid a little more routine, a little more set in their ways and dictated by terrain. Turkeys are like, meh. Uh, there's a bug. I'm going to go this way. Oh, there's another bug. I'm going to go this way. Oh, there's a snake. I'm going to take this snake for 15 yards before I catch and then, and, and just completely change course. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's neat in that regard. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's a hell of a lot of fun, man. And, and I'm I'm glad you're, you're getting the Turkey itch. So mm-hmm. I know it'll never yeah. replace you number one, but I'm glad. You
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and just so you know, uh, you're talking about the Rios and yes, those are definitely Rios, but I have killed a few Easterns too. So yeah. Oklahoma. are fun. <laughs> Yeah. Oklahoma's kind of on that line, you know, like Eastern Oklahoma, you have some mountains, very lush green, Western Oklahoma more of the sand, uh, you know, rolling Hills type thing. And with that kind of comes the two different species. So it, it's yeah. like I-35 basically splits Oklahoma in half and it's not okay. quite like East is Eastern West is Rios, but it's pretty close to that. Um, that's so yeah, a really a neat, that's a really
2: so, neat place, you know, where, mm-hmm. where you get the, you get you know, a little bit of that and uh, Nebraska you'll have the two the two subspecies and you know I so I've got I'm doing my first Florida turkey hunt this year in March you know obviously I live in eastern territory and I'm going on a Montana Merriam's hunt uh, in May so I told my wife I said if I'm fortunate enough to kill three subspecies you best believe I'm going southwest <laughs> south mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to kill a Rio so yeah you know it's uh It'll just become a, it's going to be an obsession. The moment I kill that Osceola, the the the, the chase starts, man. So. Yeah.
1: Well, I can probably help you out with that. So that that all right. be sounds, difficult.
2: sounds good. I'll kill a few hogs <laughs> for
1: you too. While at it. Okay. All right. Okay. There you go. There you go. Good deal. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, like I said, I mean, I almost want you to take it over at this point. Cause you know, I just rambled for a while at the beginning and stuff. And um, you know, one thing I definitely want to hit it, hit on is, box calls in particular. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't think as highly, I guess, of box calls, you know, I uh, think that they, maybe you're not as good. You're not as good of a turkey hunter because you a box call, but, uh, you know, I think there's a place for everything. Uh, in, so I definitely yeah. want to talk about that. I'd love to talk about some locator calls. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to let you roll with it for a minute. Yeah, on, man. On those
2: two things. So so I will, I will tell you that that I that I can say this unequivocally. There are two things in the turkey hunting world realm that I can say unequivocally, and I know that I'm right, and there's no way that anyone can prove me wrong. One is that a, a Remington 870 has killed more turkeys than any other firearm in this country, and two, that a box call has called in and been the final sound that a turkey has ever heard. That, that Those are the two things that I can say <laughs> without a doubt. So, you know... I, I can't use a mouth call either. I can't do it. I suck. As soon as that bitch starts, sorry, as soon as that thing starts coming to my mouth, I start gagging. I just think yeah. about it and I gag. Mm-hmm. So years ago, I'm, I'm holding up this. This is, this is a tube call. So I, I, I got really, really proficient with these. I love a good box call. I wish I had some around here. I use, uh, you can't see it here. I have got a trumpet that I use. I like the weird Turkey calls, right? I've slate calls pot, you know, a, a, a pot and peg or friction call. Uh, as some people say, it doesn't matter if you can't use a, if you can't use a mouth call, it doesn't degrade your ability or, or your, um, you know, being a call to Turkey hunter if you can't use a mouth call, that's not, that's that, that doesn't matter. And so, you know, so many people, so many new hunters and so many you know, season hunters, you know, they, they get this thing, they get this mindset that they have to use a mouth, be, mouth call because that's what you see, you know, the hunting public and Dave Owens and all these guys using, uh, and, and, you know, the GNC, see turkey callers, you know, at the NWTF convention, everyone's using these mouth calls and they sound great. And they're like, oh, I got to learn this. If you're not good at it, you're not good at it, right? You only get so many days a year to hunt. And you'll get so many days a year to practice Turkey calling, because if you're married, your wife is going to be beside herself. You know, mm-hmm. if you're trying to practice on the mouth call, so use what you're good at, get good. It doesn't matter. Get get at you know, the little push button boxes, you know, where you literally just pull a, a string across the little tiny box, you know, it costs you 10 bucks. Quaker boy makes them that'll kill turkeys. So that's the, that's the number one thing I can you know I tell people, if you can't use a mouth call, you know, try, Practice, you know, give it your best effort. If it doesn't work because of you know gag reflexes or you know practice constraints or whatever it may be, man. Any I my my four-year-old John, I can get her to pick it. she, you know, she's probably not gonna kill a turkey calling them in with that, but she can operate it so that you know it, it sounds like a turkey. So mm-hmm. mm. yeah. Yeah, you know, use use what use what you're comfortable with. Um like I said, I like the weird calls. I like, I like tubes. I like trumpets. Uh, tube calls do take and, and trumpets. They take a, they took they a little bit of practice uh, to get, to get, you know, kind of proficient at, but man, a box call of a, a slate call, you can pick those up and be ready to kill a Turkey in a matter of hours, you know? Mm-hmm. And so kind of funny story. I, I didn't, I didn't start hunting generally. I, I didn't start hunting at all until I was 25. So I'm, I just turned 40. So you know, 2007 was my first year hunting and YouTube was around, but it wasn't, people weren't making instructional videos. They sure as heck weren't making instructional videos for Turkey hunting. Right. That mm-hmm. just wasn't a thing. So it was yes. what you saw on outdoor channel is what you saw in the magazines, what you learned. So, so a, a, a buddy of mine, he, he, he grew up deer hunting. He'd never really Turkey hunted. We decided that we were going to, you know, we were going to Turkey hunting and he, he invited me. in. so when, when he did, First, I, and keep in mind, I never, never hunted in my life. I said, "Hey, man, do you want to go turkey hunting?" And I'm like, "What? Well, what the hell is a turkey? Like people, <laughs> people do that. Like people hunt wild turkeys. <laughs> that's not, that's not a real thing." So yeah, lo and behold, yes, it is. So I, I go to this, I go to this little hunting store. I get my my Primo's Power Crystal, and it's this little tiny like ten dollar like pot and peg. It comes with a couple strikers, and I take it home, and I could not figure out for the life of me, John, how to get this call to work. <laughs> couldn't do it was scratching on it I couldn't figure it out it didn't make any noise so like right before the season I go back to the store I'm like hey you know and I've I've told this story a lot so if if any of your listeners have heard me please forgive me but so I I I take it into the store I'm like hey man I um this turkey call is broken I need I need a turkey call and so the the store owner's like like turkey on I'm like oh I love turkey on and and John I've never I've never turkey on it (laughs) right So he's he like gets this call and he can tell that you know I'm I'm trying to play tough you know and uh, in the box it came with a little tiny piece of sandpaper and he gets it out and he's just like real nice you know and asks me all these questions about Terian and he's like well you gotta you gotta scratch the call up man he's like that's why it's not working I didn't realize you had to scratch the call up to get it to work so I'm like I'm I'm like rubbing this striker over this like perfectly smooth and so like as soon as I hit that. I just like grabbed the call as fast as I could and was like, thanks man. And just like back <laughs> out of the store as fast as I could. I was so embarrassed, but that was, you know, that was my, my first run in with Turkey call. So all that being said, use what you're good at, get proficient at it. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't be embarrassed. Don't let you know, some, some guy call shame you. Cause you know, he's doing bubble clocks on a, on a mouth call and, and you're just yelping on the box. call. yeah. You're both going to kill turkeys. That's what, that's mm-hmm. what matters. So. Yeah.
1: Awesome. But. I like it. Yeah. I messed around with a slate call. <clears throat> A long time ago, like high school age. And uh, obviously I bought like the cheapest one that Walmart had, you know, and so I'd, yeah. Uh, I, I, I need to get a newer one now that I could maybe for a little bit nicer one. Uh, yeah, it's just something I've never really mess, messed with. Cause I've had, you know, I typically I would turn, you know, two, three days a year, you know, usually just in the morning, take my box call, good to go. So, uh, yeah. but, and then I don't know if I've ever even seen one of the tube col- calls that you just hold up, held up. Well, yeah. Me, so this off, is, but-
2: this is the, this is the Primo's foggy bottom. And so there's for your for your listeners listening. We'll play radio here. There's there's little latex or silicone bands that go over, and it's essentially it's it's a lot like a mouth call, but there's just there's an area on the tube that you can see, and so you it's just like almost like a duck call. You breathe over it, and those reeds vibrate, and it and and it makes the noise. So they're exceptionally loud. Uh, if you want them to be, so they are good locator calls, and we'll we'll dive into that. Uh, but you know you can you can really you know, through practice and, and, you know, a little, you know, a little skill, I guess you can, you can quiet them down. And, and one of the, one of the things that I really, you know, when you've got a Tom working in, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to move your hands, you know, running a tube call, putting up, and you know, it's hard to, you know, run a slate call. It's hard to run a box call. So I wish I had the ability to run a mouth call, but I've just adapted to the point that I don't, I don't need that stuff. You know Mm -hmm. and you just you you, you do the things necessary so
1: yeah that uh that call you were just showing that's like almost exactly what i have for elk hunting my my bugle tube because again i I can't work a mouth call for elk hunting and mine's made by primos it's like the the reed that you pulled off almost the exact same yeah it's probably Uh, the same thing yeah (laughs) probably so probably Uh, so cool man all right
2: so we can we can we you you had mentioned you had mentioned locator calls and Mm -hmm. i have this um just talking about the Scott Ellis uh, show that I did for the how to hunt turkeys podcast. And so this is, so this is the ninja owl. This is just, um, this is just an owl call and there are literally hundreds of owl calls. So this is, you know, just the, the, the call of a barred owl is just, it's a very common call to use, to get, to get turkeys fired up. Uh, And they'll, you know, a lot of guys use it early in the morning when turkeys are still on the limb, uh, just to locate them and, and, and get them to gobble. You'll use it at night. If you're roosting them, putting them to bed, let them fly up and, and hit that thing. You know, there's, there's something um, there's like a deep set hatred. I feel like between turkeys and owls. So it's like an owl hoots and the Turkey's like, Hey man, I hate you. You know, and they just like gobble <laughs> at it. So I'm sure, I'm sure that's not the reason. So, I mean, if uh-huh. you're a biologist, listen to this, don't, uh, you know, don't get all over me, but um, yeah, so that's, that's, so that's, so that's a good, uh, I mean, if you're turkey hunting and you want to get serious, uh and you you, you want to have just a, a fun hunt, the the locator calls, the owl calls are a really good good way to do it. So another one then that, that Scott and I talked about uh is is a crow call. And so a lot of guys will, you know, owl hoot early in the morning. It's more natural. Owls don't you know necessarily hoot at you know, noon. Uh and a lot of guys will kind of trans transfer over to to a crow call and same thing and and that's this is this is like it's funny if you're if you're with a with a seasoned turkey hunter and you know you're you're moving through the woods so if you got two two seasoned turkey hunters they're moving through the woods and they hear a crow go off they'll both stop they'll both stop talking they'll both stop moving they won't say a word because they are going to listen and so when, when you're with when you're with a, a turkey hunter that you know, newer turkey hunter, you're walking through the crow, goes off, out goes off, a hawk goes off, and they just keep walking. And the other guy's like, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> yeah, just listen, listen for the gobble. So, you know, turkeys, I mean, man, I, I've, I've had them gobble at car doors when you close it in the morning, if you're running late, train horns, thunder. I'm telling you, man, you get a thunderstorm that rolls in, that is like <laughs> the greatest time to locate some turkeys. I don't know what it is about a big old clap of thunder, man, they get to ripping. So, um, you know I think I, I think the, the locator calls and, and and one of the one of the things that we've talked about in this podcast with Scott, and it's a really good kind of um, if you're ever in a, if you're ever in a situation where you're hunting hunting a turkey and that turkey might come in and then move out, come in and move out and then and just starts moving or and, and you don't know where that turkey is and he's not responding to a hen call. If you rip off an owl hoot at noon or one o'clock, there's a good chance that you're going to get that turkey to gobble just out. I mean, it's a shot gobble, mm-hmm. and so you're going to have a you're going to be able to pinpoint. Okay, he's still here. He's you know, and and then and then you can kind of determine what your you know what your next moves are, because a lot of times, man, those turkeys you're calling to them, they just they want you to go to them. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're just over there strutting, and you can't see them. They're scratching leaves, and so that's that's a good way to see. Kind of buys you some time. You know, buys you mm-hmm. the you know, where, where do I move? And, 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 and that that's where that woodsmanship and those tactics come in. So yeah, mm-hmm. lo- locator calls are good. The best locator call, and this is just me being partial is this freaking tube call, man, this thing is so <laughs> loud. And so cuz Strickland of Mossy Oak, he helped, he helped Will Primos design some of these tube calls. I mean, tube calls is almost as old as they come in terms of like how long t- hunters have been using them. But he talks about like a like a Tom is is just imagine like a rubber band. And so you're calling and that rubber band's tightening up and you're calling some more and he's not gobbling, but that rubber band is just tightening and tightening, tightening, tightening and tightening and tightening and he's just kind of there, like he's wound up but he's not there. And then you hit him with that tube call and it's a really high frequency, it's a really high pitch, just super loud, and that rubber band just snaps and he gobbles and you got him you know and mm-hmm. then and then you yeah. move in so those loud those loud shocking sounds are, are easy a good way not an easy way but a good way to pull you know to pull a, a, a pretty intense shot gobble out of out of turkeys. so
1: yeah and you already taught me something so I, like when i was listening to that episode y'all were talking about all these different things to make them shot gobble locator calls and stuff and part of me was like you know why do you need so many but like like you're just saying like owls usually don't hoot once the sun comes up crows don't uh, you know, crow before the sun comes up. And mm-hmm. so but there you go. Simple as that. See that that's how big of a rookie I am. Never even thought about that.
2: So. But you know what, man, I've had, I've, I've ripped off an owl hoot in the middle of the day and they gobble at it sometimes. It's mm-hmm. just, they just don't like it that, you know, it just mm-hmm. there's
1: man, it's
2: just this cranky cranky long beard out there, you know, just yelling at <laughs> yelling at the owls, man. That's, that's what mm-hmm. we're doing. But yeah. So when you're talking about realism, that's, you know, you, you, like you said, you won't hear, what is it? A murder? A murder of crows. Yeah. The, the technical <laughs> I think term? so. Yeah, yeah. You won't hear a murder of crows until you know pretty, pretty much well, like well after you, know that first, that first light, you know, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll get to going. So,
1: yeah. But let me ask you this, just, I don't know if this is on the topic or not, but let's say you do your locator call. So you, a, a you know, bird response. So you hear that bird, obviously you're more than likely going to move in closer. Uh, and this is kind of a two part question. One, you know, how close is too close? You know, how close are you trying to get? And then two, how how much are you going to call to that bird while he's still on the roost? Like, are you trying to get him fired up before he even flies down? Are you just kind of trying to let him know you're there? How much are you going to call that bird before he flies down?
2: So there there are really two, two schools of thought, and I'm sure there's a 100 schools of thought, but two, two pretty pop, popular schools of thought is, one, you kind of let the woods wake up. And so you'll owl hoot, get them to gobble, find their location that way. And, and then you let the hens that are inevitably in the area somewhere start, start talking. And so if I, and, and this is, this is, so just, we'll just walk through kind of a, you know, like the, the ideal scenario. If I'm, if I'm on a ridge in Southern Indiana and I hit, I hit an owl. An alcohol, and I've got a Tom 125 yards. You know, I've got good terrain, I've got hills, I've got some brush that I can get through and not make a ton of noise. It's still really dark. You know, I'll I'll try to get as as close as I comfortably can, and that is based off of terrain, it's based off of daylight, it's based off how wet the leaves are, you know, how, how close I can get in. So let's just say I'm 100 yards from this turkey, 80 to 100 yards. If I've got if I've got a Tom on the limb that's gobbled at a couple out hoots, he's gobbling at cars honking. And he's, you know, he's just, he's just fired up. He's gobbling to gobble. I might call like just real soft to say, Hey, I'm, I'm right. I'm right here because wild turkeys have an amazing ability to, to know where that's those sounds are coming from and how to get to them. And I won't call a ton. I might just do some soft, some soft clucking, some soft yelping, very short, you know, maybe right before that fly down time. And just to let him know that, that I'm there. And that that's one of those that like, you can definitely overcall call. That, and that's, that's mm-hmm. that situation. And if you're close to a Turkey like that and they're up in the tree and they're calling and it's daylight and you don't, you know, you don't have a decoy or like you're wide, they're going to, they're going to see you without mm-hmm. a doubt. I mean, they're going to mm-hmm. look right into you. They're they're not going to see a hen there. So they're not going to go there. They may not mm-hmm. suspect that, that you're there, but they know that that you're not there, so they're gonna they're gonna go somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. So if I if I've got and I've had scenarios where I might have a tom that's just I mean just booming. I mean I'm I'm, I'm walking in, and he starts gobbling. I'm like, oh, it was easy. You get set up, he's still he's still ripping. Well, then the hens start yelping. Yeah, you know, they're tree they're, they're tree yelping and bobble clucking, and they're sounding freaking beautiful. And 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 that's where it gets real interesting. If you can kind of, you know, one, one tactic that you can use is maybe be, a, um, and it's neat because Scott Ellis talks about, it, it's like, if someone comes in, you know, you, you don't want your neighbor yelling at you, you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to go, you're not going to go say hi to your neighbor if they're just over there screaming at you all the time, you know? <laughs> so he's just like, you know, talk sweet to him, you know, just mm-hmm. say, Hey, same thing. Soft. I'm over here. Happy, I'm content, purrs, clucks, all of these different calls scratching the leaves just make it sound like hey this is the place to be there's food over here you know we got some cool stuff come check it out and those hens might fly down those hens come down there's a real good chance that that Tom's gonna gonna come down so uh and and, and fly down fairly fairly close to them so you know, there's so much nuance to turkey hunting that the best way to learn it is to get out and do it and it's to mess it up it's to fail that's the best way that's the it's a it's a lot like deer hunting you know you, you, you set up and you just get blown out because of wind or poor cover. And you're like, I'm not doing that again. And, and it's the same, it's the same way with, with Turkey hunting. And I can tell you, you're going to say, I'm not doing that again, about 10 times a year. <laughs> uh, and you're still going to do it, you know, at some point. So, yeah.
1: um
2: you know, as far as like getting close, I will get, if, if I've got Tom's roosted either that morning or like the night before, I know where they're on. I'm going to get as close as I comfortably can. um one of the things is you know when 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 you're hunting an area that you're familiar with or an area they're not familiar with you know look at the maps understand like okay where does this turkey want to be you know and 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 so what what are the factors going into that weather you know if it's windy he's not going to be up on the top of the ridge you know if there's good if there's good food food sources you know mid midway up the ridge um and 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 all of these like I said can change in a heartbeat it's hard to it's hard to figure them out sometimes, um, but just kind of kind of determine. I, I can tell you right now, like if you're if you're in if you're in a hardwood stand, and I can't speak to Rio's. I've never I've never hunted Rio's, but if you're in you good eastern territory and you've got hardwoods and you've got like a tiny little opening where there's grass or there's like just a, a flat spot, that turkey's going to end up at that. I guarantee it. Early in the morning i mean, That's yeah. almost. A, that's almost a given. They're going to get there at some point. So <laughs>
1: that's that's how I used to kill turkeys because yeah, we, we sold this place two years ago, but uh, it was huge uh, timber area, and then basically along the road there you know they they actually cut it for firewood back in like the '60s, and they would cut the trees and then they haul them to the road, and people would just drive down the road and and that's how they sold the firewood. But yeah, you know every once in a while there'd be a big hill along it and they'd clear that hill and now it's pasture and yeah like i mean i could literally like i could just lean up against the tree on the edge of that and i'd have four toms you know every morning uh, i got some like you know they'd get pretty used to the truck because i'd usually drive by them on the way to work before turkey season started and yeah they'd be like doing a little like voodoo circle up on top you know following each other around and yeah. that part of so oklahoma it used to be divided into two regions they changed it last year but uh that region had a later start date than the rest of the state okay uh, so that that region didn't start till april 15th uh but in, last year they changed it now the whole state uh doesn't open till april 15th just because numbers are down and stuff uh so yeah I'd, I'd be seeing all these pictures on instagram and stuff of people killing these turkeys and i'd be i'd literally be driving by these four toms every day not being able to hunt them and then by the time i was able to hunt them they weren't you know super gone they weren't coming to the calls very good yeah and so yeah. a lot of times i could just sit out there on that hill and eventually one would walk by so Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I I tell people all the time if you can find a little opening, maybe even mow it, uh, you know, get that grass a little shorter, you know, you'll have some birds in there eventually.
2: Yeah. The turkeys, man, they have such an ego. And, you know, (laughs) that's, that's, they want to be out there. They want to be strutting around. They want to be fanned out and, and, you know, drumming and spitting and doing their little dance. And it's really neat to see. It really is. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's really a cool thing. But yeah, those open, those small open, I mean, it could even be be like a quarter acre man if you've just got Mm -hmm. something that's visible you know in a way i mean like you said if you got a mode my little path power line Mm -hmm. cut over i mean you're you're gonna have turkey activity there for for sure so yeah yeah Yeah, for sure Mm
1: -hmm. that's uh one of the hard parts about my job in this podcast just with being the oklahoma oklahoma so different like i was talking about before uh you know mostly i hunt eastern oklahoma but western oklahoma is just a whole other but and that's really where the turkeys are you know the the big population of Oklahoma's out west which blows my mind because i just you know, like the rest of the country it seems like turkeys are a timber species you know like when, when you're watching the hunting public and you guys you know just because a lot of those guys are in the east uh but you know like it seems like nebraska it seems like that's where you see the flocks of you know 100 and western oklahoma's the same thing and yeah it's it's weird it's they're a weird animal. You know, I like, I would say weird animal, you know, whitetails are also, they live everywhere too, but uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> they're, they're a cool they, animal. They,
2: I guess it, they, they, yeah, they, they are weird. I mean, like you, like you said, we have this perception that the turkeys and deer and yeah, you know, they love the, they love the hardwood stands and yeah, they do. It's just, but it's like those expanses out West. Like you just said, you might have, you know, a thousand acres of grassland, contiguous and then and then you get like 20 acres of trees and I mean, there should be 500 turkeys in that 20 acre and yeah. like, they're just going to be roosting there and and yeah. you get these huge flocks and i mean that's that's really neat man i mean that's that's mm-hmm. such a that's such a cool experience to to get to hunt you know out there and I, i've never done it you know mm-hmm. i've i've only hunted easterns and so i watched those yeah. I watch this Oklahoma hunts in Kansas and Nebraska and the Dakotas where you've got these big plains turkeys. And I'm like, man, this is like, this is a different world. It's not even the same type of hunting. And I get excited <laughs> when I see it. I'm like, yeah. man, this looks, this looks cool. And, <laughs> and then you dry and, and you see the pictures in the videos of, of, you know, there's like a little stand of trees, you know, and this massive, and there's 50 turkeys and they're all gobbling. I'm like, Oh my God, like this is yeah. amazing. And then I'm like, okay, <laughs> how far do I have to belly crawl through grass to (laughs) to get with the range of these guys? But
1: yeah. Uh, another buddy of mine, uh, he has a place in the panhandle of Texas and we actually, we actually use binoculars Turkey hunt because it's like you said, it's wide open wheat fields. And then everywhere there's a Creek, there's giant cottonwoods. And so you stand in that wheat field, but even at night, you know, and you just look for the tree that has all the big circles in it and then, you know, get in there early and set up and, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. So yeah,
2: that's fun stuff, man. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. So, uh, well, uh, let's oh, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, so, so you, you've hunted Rios, you've hunted Easterns. Do you, do you, I mean, do you like hunting the, the woodland birds? What do I, you, what I you do. prefer?
1: Man, like the, the Rios out West, they're definitely easier. I mean, you see them from a long way. They're super vocal um, you, you get to kind of, you watch the interact. So the first, the first Turkey I ever killed, this is going to sound crazy. I was, I was 16 years old. Uh, two buddies of mine, we got in my truck. I was in one that had a driver's license. They were both 15. We got in my truck at like 8 PM. We drove to the Panhandle of Texas is that same buddy I was just talking about. Uh, we got there at like 3 AM. I was so excited. I couldn't sleep the next morning. We just walked out in the pasture, set up a pop-up blind and two decoys and I had that box call that I'd like never used before. And uh, I called this turkey in first time I'd ever called to a turkey, called this Tom in from 300 yards across a wide open pasture. It took me 45 minutes. Like I, you know, I would do a little hen call a few clucks and he'd take like two steps and he was strutting the whole time, End up calling him to 20 yards and shooting him with my bow at uh, 16 years old. Nice. Uh, so, I mean, like, it's hard to, you know, it's, hard, but like, that was no skill. Like I had no idea what I was doing. We just happened to get the right bird at the right time. Uh, hunting back, you know, in Oklahoma in our place, it was way more difficult. And again, like I was saying, you know, there's a reason we had a later season in Southeastern Oklahoma. There's, there's just, not as many birds. Our place was yeah. kind of special. We had a few more. Um, but again, with that later season, it made it really difficult. So, uh, I like, honestly, I don't know if I could say I've had a true like timber hunt, uh, you know, not like you got, not like you've probably experienced, you know, where the birds are really fired up. You're up on a ridge top, you know, calling down into the hollers and stuff. I, I can't say I've ever really experienced
2: that. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, man. <laughs> it, it really is. And it's, it's, you know, it's funny. Cause I think of, I think of, you know, calling a turkey from, you know, a stand of cottonwoods from 300 yards away. I'm like, man, that would be awesome. Like, it's gotta be <laughs> exhilarating. You see him coming across these you know, these beautiful plains and the big sky and all that. And it's just, it's just, it sounds really, it sounds really neat. Like that's the, that's something that I desperately want to experience. (laughs) Like I said earlier, I'm doing my first Florida turkey hunt this year, you know, and, and, and one of the areas that I hunt is um, it's just like six, uh, I'm going to be hunting. It's, it's going to be, it's just six inches of water. It's a swamp. Mm. And then you'll get Mm. these little, these little mounds of sand, Mm -hmm. with the palmettos that make like these little islands and you sit up there and the turkeys never leave it they're just in the swamp moving around the entire time yeah and i've heard that like they just start sloshing around and they're making all this (laughs) noise and they're half wet and i Mm -hmm. mean it's just it sounds it sounds really neat man i'm just really looking really looking forward to it so
1: yeah you Um, sound like me so like when I was younger, I wanted to hunt all these different things. Like I, I went to school in Idaho because I wanted to hunt elk and mule deer. You know, I'd grown up uh, hunting whitetail and stuff. But as I've gotten older, I have found instead of hunting, hunting, wanting to hunt more things, I want to hunt the same thing in more places. Like now, yeah. like I want. You know, last year I went to Nebraska to hunt whitetails. Uh, this year, hopefully, I'm going to draw Iowa to, to go hunt whitetails. And like, I, I still have not killed an elk. I've tried and tried and tried, but like. I would almost rather go to some rain, you know, North Dakota and hunt whitetails there than I would to go to Colorado and hunt elk. And that sounds like you're the same thing, like hunting turkeys here, hunting turkeys there, different situations. Yeah. Very similar.
2: It, it, it is. And I love, I have been fortunate enough, the older I get um, that, that, that I've been able to, to hunt more States every year. And uh, a lot of that's work. And a lot of that's, you know, you just, you're comfortable in your job and, you know, financially, you know, know, I can afford to do things and I got an awesome wife that allows me to do these things and, you know, kind of keep the home front. And it's, it's funny. People are like, well, what's, what's your favorite place to hunt? And and it's like, dude, I fall in love easy, man. You know, I hunt like a new (laughs) state. I'm like, Oh man, upstate New York was my favorite place. Oh, Southern Alabama. Oh, central Indiana because it's not home. Right. It's just new. Yeah. It's something. And, and, you know, I'm just like, it was awesome. And, I mean, I didn't kill a turkey, but it's still (laughs) like it's my favorite place to hunt because it was cool, you know, and it Mm -hmm. was just it was it was just different. And, um, you know, like being from from Central Ohio, I do I do all a majority of my hunting here in the state in southeastern Ohio. So you've got like the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. It's all big timber. It's all big woods, you know, 25,000 acre, you know, wildlife management areas. And, you know, I go to Alabama and it's I'm in. You know the Talladega Mountains, and you know there's swamps and there's snakes everywhere. And you know I'm like, this is freaking wild, man. There's pine trees, (laughs) there's palm trees. This is so cool, you know.
0: Um, So So I I
2: know as soon as as I step foot out in the turkey woods in Florida, I'm like favorite place to hunt, barn on hands down, best place to. And then I'll go to Oklahoma and be like, it's my favorite place to hunt. I love (laughs) it here, you know. So yeah, it's just cool. I love I love seeing (laughs) I love seeing the people. You know the mm-hmm. different areas of the country. I love seeing the terrain and and just how you know just how vastly different you know this 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 great country is, man, in all the corners. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really yeah. neat. And yeah. I've I've had fleeting thoughts of like like spring bear hunting, you
0: mm-hmm. know, because
2: I'll see videos. I'm like, okay, that looks kind of cool. Like if I'm just gonna do any other form of hunting in the spring, it'd
1: be spring bear, like yeah. for sure. You know, so mm-hmm. you have the right to the best wireless service. Bravado Wireless provides the best mobile wireless, high-speed internet, latest devices, and customer service at prices you feel good about. Bravado Wireless strives to put these values first and offer you the best wireless service available. See what they have to offer at bravadowireless.com or one of their retail locations in eastern Oklahoma. Let Bravado Wireless connect you to your family, friends, and business partners all over the world bravado wireless the power of connection well i don't want to take up too much of your time i think we got a little bit of time here i I want to do one quick little exercise i've done this with a lot of my guests uh so let's say you're pick your own state whatever your favorite one is at the moment and you're going to go on a turkey hunt so i just want you to kind of walk me through the hunt you know like you pull into the parking lot gate whatever it wants to be just walk us through as soon as you close that truck door walk us through a little hunt real quick
2: Yeah, man, for sure. So, so we'll just, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll do my home state, uh, you know, here, here in Southeast Ohio. And I know I do say it's like my favorite, but it's, it's home. You know, I love Mm -hmm. it. Uh, I still, even on, on opening day, if, you know, if if I'm hunting, you know, Florida or Alabama or Mississippi or whatever it is before the opener in Ohio, I could get excited, but there's something special for me about opening day in Ohio. Right. And a lot of times I've got my best friends with me. And so I get like this, just this. It's like nervous energy. It's like this nervous emotion, and I am just like I'm. I'm almost sick to my stomach on the way down. I've got about an hour and twenty minute drive from my house to to the turkey hunting woods, and I'm just I'm usually like in a, just in just this nervous wreck when I get there. And one of my favorite things to get down there and, 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 and in the spring, it's really you know it's really cool still those early spring, April mornings. And the, the first arrival of spring for me, as I open that door with my truck and I always hear where we hunt in Benton County here in Ohio, you hear the whippoorwill and it's the only time you hear it. It's just, I don't know if you guys have them out there in Oklahoma, it's just this little nighttime bird. It makes the sound whippoorwill, whippoorwill. And that's like the, that's, to me, that's the arrival of spring, man. That cold air hits me. I hear that whippoorwill. I get out and I get this. I'm getting it now, man. I'm getting this like just <laughs> this, this this stupid smile on my face. And that's the moment where I'm like, it's here, man. And I can smell the air. And like, that's that's what speaks to my heart. And, and uh, you know, I've got, this, I've got this thing that I've started. I, I stole from Parker McDonald, new spot Monday. So if a season opens on a Monday or I'm hunting on a Monday, I go to a spot that I don't know. I just pick a spot randomly on the map, a management area here, and I just hop out. So for for me, let's just let's just play radio here. I'm I'm hunting a spot I've never been to. I'm gonna look at my maps. I'm gonna find the highest point that I can get to. That's the first thing I do. I want to get up above everything. Um, I want to get there kind of early. So I'm making noise. If I blow anything out, you know, I might be able to sit down. Um and I get up there and I just listen, you know, I'm not out hooting. I'm not, I'm not crow calling. I'm not Turkey calling. I'm just listening. I'm listening for turkeys, uh, you know, that, that, that have the, you know, the, the Turkey that wants to die that sucker's going to start gobbling real early in the morning, you know? And mm-hmm. if no one's ready to die, they want to be, you know, they, they want to be a little more difficult right around 20 minutes of daylight. I'm going to, I'm going to start ripping on that alcohol, you know, and I'm just going to listen. You know, listen for the echoes. A lot of times, if you're in the if you're in the hills, you get that echo, and the birds will will gobble on that echo because it sounds like there's more of them. You know, and and one one of the sweet joys of spring, John, is when you're in the woods and you're out hooting, and you get another owl, an an owl like an owl hooting back at you and then you get another owl off to your left hooting back at you and then you get turkeys down in front of you gobbling and then the owls are gobbling at the turkeys and the turkeys gobbling at the owl and the other owls gobbling at you, and then you're just like i mean this is this is it you know this is this is what you're and and so that's the that's the moment man you're in the game you know you're 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 there and then the fun begins if it's a new spot man i, I like i said i pull that map up where does he want to be what's the terrain look like you know where's he at best guess if he's a couple hundred yards away where I think he's going to go, man. And, and I just start, start slipping in. I think the one, uh, the one thing for, for new Turkey hunters is, is don't go barreling in there. You know, it's, it's be cerebral with your movements, be quiet with your movements. Um, especially early in the spring, you know, if there's no vegetation on the ground and it's daylight, you might see something moving before they see you. You know, if, 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 if you're, if you're running, you're not going to see it. Yeah, they're going to take off, but, um, you know, so that's, so that's, that's kind of my play, man. I like to, I like to, I like to, to let the woods wake up. I like to listen and, and, you know, some of the hardest days to hunt are when, when you're there and nothing's talking, no songbirds, no crows, no owls, no turkeys. And you're like, man, what am I doing here? You know, it's just quiet. You know, exactly what I mean. There's just, there's no life in the woods, you know? And then you get those spring days where there's a little chill in the air and it's, but it's going to you know be 60 by 10 o'clock in the morning and, and things are just booming, you know, and, and those are, those are the days that you feed off of and, and, and you feel the energy. So, you know, for me at that point, man, if, if, if I've got, if I've got someone that's, that's, that's gobbling, he's gobbling to the crow and he's a couple hundred yards away, I'm going to, I'm going to cut the distance in half. That seems to be. Um, you know, safely in half. So, and a lot of that could be if he's at the point of a ridge, you know, I might, I might go, I might go away from him at first to get, you know, on, on the, on the other side of the ridge, you know, depending on how the systems work, but I want to cut that distance in half. And if it's really early in the morning, 45 minutes before daylight, and he's, and he's feeling motivated and gobbling, you can't move a little quicker. You know, you've got some time, you've got, you know, darkness as a cover. If the leaves are kind of wet or dewy, you've got silence, uh, you know, on your, on your side. So, and that's where the fun gets, that's where the fun really. You know, once you cut that distance, if you're within a hundred yards, you know, like we talked about, man, what's the, what's the move there? You know, what's, mm-hmm. what are the hens doing? It's, is, is, is he only gobbling at owls? Is he only gobbling at, at train whistles and he's ignoring your call. That's when, you know, you've got a tough Turkey to hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're the, the goal for Turkey. You're looking for the Turkey that's willing to die. And so the, the ones that aren't gobbling at you, those are the really tough ones. And those are the ones that are going to hit the ground. Uh, and, and they've got, they've got a mission in their mind that they established at some point is probably the night before leftover business. And and they're just going to rip right on by you, you know, um, you know, the, the one thing that I've learned and I, and, and it's, it's easy to be an inpatient Turkey hunter. Everyone says patience oh, yeah. kills turkey hunter, or you know, patience kills turkeys. I think discipline is just another skill set, you know, another virtue that kills turkeys and then that gets overlooked. And it's something that I work on every year. And every time I go out and hunt, I fail at it more times than not. But you know, if if those turkeys know you're there in the morning and they hit they hit the ground and they've got somewhere they want to be or someone they want to see and that person ain't you, um, they're probably they're going to be back. If you're calling at them, they know that you're there. You know, that's for the discipline to not move, to be patient, let them go out, do things, do whatever the heck it is those turkeys are doing in the morning. Uh, and 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 they're gonna circle back. So I'd say more oftentimes than not, those are the those are the moments. I mean, I've had them fly off the roost, man, you know, hit the ground, gobble, run to where you're at, and you shoot them, and you're like, Oh, that was freaking cool, man. But <laughs> the battle, man, that's the fun stuff. That's the that's what keeps me going. And uh and and you know, man, you just from from that moment when he starts coming back, you know, when you get that first call and he's at a hundred, you hit it again. And he did 60. Oh, John, that's it, man. That's the, that's the moment. That's where my hands start shaking. And I got to tell myself, calm down, big fellas. It's going to be all right. This is what you're here for. It's what you signed <laughs> up for. So, you know, and at that point as for the discipline comes to shut up, right. Quit calling so much. Mm-hmm. let this play that's, out you know? that's the
1: tough part for me man i, I it is dude i like hearing them. i like hearing them gobble, man you know i like
2: hearing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I like hearing and there and there's you know that's that's like the ideal turkey hunt you know um but man it 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 doesn't always work out that way mm-hmm. and that's the beauty of it the nuance of turkey hunting it's unlike any other pursuit out there And it's the, it's, it's what keeps me coming back for sure. So, you know, go out there, learn it, live it, experience it, fail at it. And you're going to have a blast, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and it's hopefully it just keeps you coming back and hopefully your listeners go out there and just do it, you know, get you, get you that $10, you know, Primo's jackpot slate call, you Mm -hmm. know, lucky seven striker with it and, and, and go to town, man. Mm -hmm. So,
1: I'm going to get myself one of those little wooden train whistles too. That's going to be my locator call. instead of the crow call.
2: Yeah. Just, just get a, those dun, suckers. Yeah, man. I'm telling you you guys, I know, you know, seeing, watching the TV, you guys get some, some rage and thunderstorms out there. I can't oh, yeah. imagine how many <laughs> Turkey gobbles that, that gets all stirred up. I saw, I I don't know what state it was in, but like a meteor hit I know, somewhere in Florida or Texas. I'm not sure. I'm just, not sure. just the last, just the last couple of days. And someone had yeah. video of this meteor hitting the ground and it was just like this massive rumbling shock. I'm like, Oh man. If that would have hit like in the woods, it would have made yeah. every turkey gobble for a hundred <laughs> miles, man. Like I would have, yeah. I would have passed out if I if i heard all that go off. So uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's good stuff, that's man. Awesome. Uh-huh.
1: Yes, sir. Awesome. Awesome. Well, like I said, I don't want to take up too much of your time. i I feel like I uh, thought of one more. Maybe I was just thinking of my stupid whistle comment. I thought I had one more question there, but uh, uh, man, I think that's uh, that we're at a pretty good natural. I, honestly, form,
2: so. a train. A, if you had one of those train whistles, you'd probably mm-hmm. get a turkey to gobble. Off. Like I, I mean, I really, I really <laughs> yeah. do. You, it would, it would for sure yeah. work. I mean, Aaron Warbritton from from hunting public. He's got the mm-hmm. or whatever the <laughs> heck it is. And he gets <laughs> turkeys to gobble all the time. So yeah. I thought of my question.
1: I thought of my question. We'll try to do it real quick. All right. So you mentioned like you're walking in and you're trying not to spook turkeys Mm -hmm. again, this is coming from a whitetail perspective. You know, usually if you, if you bump deer, it's typically not a good thing Uh, with turkeys. Is it also not a good thing? Or is it like, Hey, at least I know they're here. They'll come back in an hour. What what happens if you bump one?
2: So if it's daylight or if it's dark, excuse me, if it's dark and you Mm -hmm. kick them off the roost, this has been my experience. Most of the time, they're going to fly from one tree to another tree mm-hmm. because if you, you know, if you don't have a headlamp, they just hear movement. They hear something, you know, they don't know what it is. It scares them. They know it's right there. They're going to fly to another tree. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can't tell you how many times that I've done this, John. And I mean, it, it's, it's a ton. I can't, I can't even put a number on it. You're calling a Turkey, you're calling a Turkey and he he's silent and you sit there for four or five hours and nothing you're you're out hooting you're gobbling you're yelping gobbler yelping hen yelping cl- you, you throw in the kitchen and nothing And you stand up and he's 25 yards behind you <laughs> full strut puffed out and you didn't know he was there yeah and that turkey's that turkey's gone there ain't mm-hmm. nothing you can do to get that sucker back so you know i i think it, it's it's really it's and, and I, it's such a hard you know, like running a podcast about how to hunt turkeys, I ask questions and I know that the answer is going to be, well, I don't know. or it depends. It depends. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Those yeah. Are, those are the two answers. And so you, know, you pull it out. And so are they going to come back? I don't know, man. And like I said, if that Turkey's ready to die, like he's just, that rubber band is so tight. There's a good, yeah, he, he absolutely could come back. You know, Mm -hmm. if you guys didn't make eye contact or shake hands, you got You got a good chance that he's going to come back. So, yeah, uh, not always. But, you know, it's definitely Mm -hmm. a possibility.
1: Gotcha. Okay. thank God they can't
2: smell. That's all I can say.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, All right. Well, like I said, I think uh, I think we're a pretty good stopping point here. So, man, Paul, can't thank you enough. This was awesome. Uh, But real quick, if people listen to this like, hey, I want to hear more from this guy. Where should they go find you?
2: Well, if you want to hear more from me, thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh so I run I run two podcasts. I run the Ohio Outdoors podcast, CO2 podcast with Andrew Munts. Uh that's all things. Uh very much like you, just you know we cover we cover Ohio uh outdoor stuff, Ohio hunting. We try to get guests that are nationally relevant and kind of, you know, focus on Ohio. Uh my newest project is the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast also on the Sportsman's Empire and that is man, it is just a collection of the finest turkey hunters in this country. we got some awesome biologists coming on, uh, to talk about the mind of a wild Turkey, talk about weather patterns. Those are really neat. Wild, wild Turkey doc, Michael Chamberlain's coming on next week. So, um, that's been a ton of fun. It really has. It's easy for me to talk about. And I think the, the name isn't necessarily, you know, any, any level of Turkey hunter can listen to this. I mm-hmm. promise you that even if you're the most seasoned grizzled old crow Turkey hunter, uh, you're, you're going to, you're going to enjoy this a lot of the, one of the, I think the best way to learn for people is to tell stories. And so mm-hmm. I get the guests telling stories, I get them talking about themselves their experiences. And I think that's the best, the, the best way to learn. The funnest way to learn is through storytelling. So mm-hmm. the guests that I've had on so far, have just done a really, a really phenomenal job with that. So the how to Hunter's podcast on sports and empire. So those are the two places you can find me
1: awesome great paul can't thank you enough gonna have to have you on again sometime tell you what if i kill a turkey i'll come on the podcast and you know absolutely tell everybody how how great i am and you know that i learned it all from you so there you go
2: man Uh, john (laughs) i appreciate you having me my
1: friend yep awesome we'll talk to you later
2: yep thank you sir
1: there it is folks i hope you guys enjoyed that i'm telling you I'm telling you, you need to get out there in the turkey woods. It is awesome. Like I said last year, just really, really made me a believer that turkey hunting can be maybe not quite as cool as deer hunting, but it can be pretty darn cool. Paul would argue that. Uh, thank you, Paul, for coming on. Uh, that was awesome. Awesome. I learned a ton. And guys, I want to apologize. Uh, I was having some technical difficulties when Paul and I were getting set up and my audio during that kind of sounded like garbage. So Paul still sounded good. That's what's really important. So I hope you guys could make it through all right. Uh, but I, I will work on that. That is definitely my fault. So thank you guys for checking out the show. Um, I, as always, I want to throw it out there. If you guys have any topics or questions or things you want to hear on this podcast, please please hit me up on social media let me know because i don't you know i'm doing this for you guys so that's going to do it for this week thank you guys for listening i hope to see you at the backwoods show and until next week i will see y'all right back here on the oklahoma outdoors podcast